let's give a cheer It's 9 a.m. The signal's clear Our favorite host is in the chair The Truman Show is on the air It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County The Truman Show is on the air The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. Good morning, Mr. Truman. uh, Greg, we've got a lot of conversation going on around us, and and, and I feel like I'm overwhelmed. the, the intelligent conversation has really risen over here in this corner. It's amazing. And uh, thank goodness we got Marty Luffman to protect us. He has his little 22 uh, for uh, the MPD that's listening right now. He, he doesn't have a permit for this. He's so, open carry, too. Yeah, yeah, he's open carry. So just want to let you know. Well, it's going to be a pretty week. They promise things are going to moderate a little, a little bit cooler. Yeah. Well, we had a good time Saturday morning. Yeah, we did. Did you see Steve Murphy over here? I'm going to introduce him if you'll talk a little bit before that. Okay. Yes, we did. We had a great time at the Kittrell Ham breakfast Saturday, and uh, they did make some money, which I am very happy with. Yeah, and I, thank goodness for the people who contributed even beyond the cost of the well, breakfast. Well, uh, the turnout was fairly limited yeah. uh, for, for different reasons. Uh, but I talked with one of the volunteers yesterday, and he said that uh, the community really had opened up and, and helped support them. You know, they got a roof sitting out in their front yard that they yeah, got to put their hearts. and uh, incurring quite a bit of expense trying to get back in service. So they picked up something over four thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, mostly. So that was a little bit beyond what you and I gave. Yeah, well, we got it started. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> We want to tell Mark Gannon, hey, this morning, and uh, I hope he has a great day. It's just a beautiful day, and I'm so glad that I got this message that he, he is a great fan of ours. And uh, Listen now we're Monday. a great fan of his, yeah. which, which is pretty neat. It sure is. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, one of our most important historic treasures yeah. here in Rutherford County. And my friend, uh, Steve Murphy, it's Murphy spelled with a P-H. With P-H, that's right. Yeah, don't get confused there. Uh, is the president of the Sam Davis Memorial Association. And uh, uh, also, Steve and I have been uh, compatriots in the Sons of Confederate Veterans. And uh, he's, he's provided some leadership there as well. Uh, Steve... You know, we live in, uh, unfortunately today, what's called the cancel culture. Uh, monuments and memories have been under attack. Uh, how about reminding us first, why do we honor Sam Davis? Why do we need to memorialize his history? Okay, thanks, thanks for that, Greg. Uh, yes, we do live in some challenging times right now and, and uh, our historic site uh, like Oakland's here in town has not been immune to some of that criticism and threats even uh, during this time. Um, and then, of course, that Confederate reckoning series that came out in USA Today newspapers like the Daily News Journal and the Tennessean, and to which I recently wrote 
uh, rebuttal letter, which they published a week ago. To uh, saw your letter. I correct, did appreciate to that. Correct for some of those things. Yeah. That's amazing uh, to even get a response from them. Well, I. I I've written a lot of letters to the editor over the years. I don't subscribe to the Tennessean anymore, but the, the editor, I think, still still um, uh, appreciates my writing, so I appreciate him. Well, the letter appeared in the Tennessean. It did. It? Yeah, that's where I saw it. But I'll, I'll focus on your question. Um, uh, the reason we honor Sam, da Sam Davis, the reason really and truly our site is considered a historic shrine um, is because of his courage and his bravery. Now, it was it was very uncommon courage what he did to sacrifice his life for his country but there were many um, young men of his age who who joined very young uh, one of my three confederate ancestors was 15 years old from hickman county when he uh, lied about his age and, and joined and he survived the war uh, but uh, sam was is is rather unique as an example of those soldiers of those private soldiers who who did their duty who uh, uh, may have been afraid at times, but they stood by their friends. And so people say today, well, what's what's important about Sam Davis that children need to learn about today if they come into our historic site? And boy, we have lots of great programming. I'm glad to share more with you about what's coming up out there over the next um, uh, few weeks and months. But uh, we say that, you know, the message is uh, to them is that you stand by your friends. You learn to stand by your friends and and, and be courageous and strong. And that's that's what Sam did. Somebody says something to me that is derogatory about Sam. Sometimes I'll just stand up and I'll I'll cross my arms. Uh, the listeners can't see that, but that's the way he's depicted in a famous portrait of him standing before General Dodge in Pulaski, and also in the um, two statues that exist of him here in the mid-state. Uh, his courage was not in connection with combat. His courage was in a different context. Why don't you explain that? Well, yes, it was. Of course, he he really already, though he was young and he, he was just barely 21 when he was executed, he um, he had become a seasoned soldier. He'd been in many big battles. He'd been wounded at least once and come home to recuperate for a while. But he's courageous, considered that, because um, he had a chance to escape uh, to, to leave. They had his horse saddled and ready to go at the gallows, as I understand it, if he would only reveal more about the, um, uh, the group that he was a part of, um, the Coleman Scouts. And of course, these were Confederate soldiers. They wore Confederate uniforms. They carried intelligence about Union troops and, and movements and this sort of thing. And I think he even, even was carrying a toothbrush for for General Braxton Bragg when he was captured, you know, th that kind of thing. But he uh, he never wavered. He always told them that he was prepared to die uh, he, uh, if that must be because he, he did not want to tell who the, the uh, leader of the Coleman Scouts were or get any of these other young riders who were all, by the way, excellent horsemen um, uh, to... Um, I have read the Coleman Scouts were recruited. They wanted young experienced excellent horsemen as you say they also wanted single men only right they didn't want anyone whose loyalty might have been to a family or anything like mm -hmm. that they want and uh sam davis just perfect match with the that's right and of course sam was uh, one of the most moving things i've ever experienced i mentioned to you the 150th anniversary we had of his uh, capture and execution a few years ago um 
and we were lucky to be able to get the actual old Union overcoat that his mother had given him his last time home um, that she had stained with walnut husk. Um, uh, we were able to get that after it had just been restored from the Tennessee State Museum and have it that weekend in our museum at the site. But the most moving thing was we were out at the cemetery and we had a memorial service for him and we had some surmounted um, uh, reenactors and they they um, rode up with a horse without a rider with the the the, the boots turned and and in the on the sides of the thing and and we saw grown men cry then <laughs> can imagine uh, well all of us that grew up in this area uh, had some experience or contact with Sam Davis's memory and the memorial uh, but there are quite a few interesting facts that pe a lot of people don't realize about Sam Davis. Can you share some of those? Well, he um, he was fairly well educated. He he attended um, uh, the mili military institute in in uh, Nashville uh, just before the war, and um, he um, um, of course we know today that that was incorporated into Montgomery Bell Academy, which sadly has has uh, removed an, a wonderful boyhood statue of him from their property. And well, with, how do you feel about that, Steve? Well, I was in touch with um, with the headmaster and and a couple times, and he mm -hmm. he was very civil about it. I, I was firm about my stance on it that that I felt like it should stay, or at the very least, it should um, uh, be brought to the historic Sam Davis home property. Mm -hmm. And um, I understand that a number of NBA alumni were very upset about it too, and yeah. they let they let him know. Why why do so many people in, in uh, obviously uh, uh, responsible positions? Why do they not stand up uh, against all of this uproar that we're seeing all the way across the country? Because you have people that are uh, voicing their opinion. Most of them really don't have a clue what was meant by by the things that were going on because they're using today's world to, to look back in in the 1860s and, mm -hmm. and, and and voice their opinion but you know all it takes is the individuals who have some backbone that 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 would would give the information uh, uh, that has already been tainted uh, uh, back to the public and and not just let people run roughshod over them. It, it doesn't make there's, any there's sense. There's a lot of misinformation out yeah. there, and a lot of it is, un unfortunately, the, where they learn it from, the, the younger folks, is from social media. Yeah. And, and uh, for example, there's a, um, a good friend, uh, uh, son of a good friend in my church who grew up in this area that I knew very well. It was protesting about the Confederate monument on the square, which, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we all want to preserve and keep there. Yeah. Uh, but he had been given the impression that it was erected in 1965 <laughs> when it had been 1901, of course. And then yeah. I was at the ceremony when it was refurbished and all yeah. and rededicated. But um, it's, it's just a, it's a sad sort of thing. And, and, you know, none of us here are professional historians. Yeah. Uh, my PhD is not in history. And I don't know whether Greg or Marty or others hold a, hold a degree in history, but, but we are historians by avocation. Yeah. And that means we love history and we want, we want to make sure people understand it correctly, uh, especially in this area. Well, yeah. too often, uh, those who have a misimpression find that, uh, their misimpression is convenient for whatever beliefs or things that they're 
pushing. And uh, I think we see an awful lot of that in this uh, take down the monuments thing. You know, one of the most egregious things, Greg, uh, I think, is that uh, everybody, their main comeback is they say, well, that monument was put up during Jim Crow laws. And, yeah. and it was put there to scare African-American people away so they wouldn't come to the square and vote and all that. And, and of course, we know that the reason that the Union monuments, like to that wonderful general, um, um, William Tecumseh Sherman in Central Park, New York City, they went up right after the war because there was money for them. Yeah. Uh, here in the South, we were devastated, and it was literally the, the pennies of the widows and children of these soldiers that didn't yeah. survive the war. If someone oh. would read the actual inscription on our monument, it's not glorifying the war, the combat, or the cause. It's a memorial to those who died. And if you think of it in terms like you just said, it was the mothers the wives, the widows, the mm -hmm. daughters, you know, that put up the money, raised the money. That's what we're talking about. And yeah. then uh, it's very, of course, there's a part of the monument was added by the Sons of Confederate Veterans to recognize the regiments and the, and the different... Uh, right, more recently they're on the ground in yeah, front of it, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, I share my memory. What's the monument to me? On the weekends, we'd be down here on Saturday, and one of the best things I did as a kid was getting the old 35 Chevrolet with my granddaddy, and we'd go down on the square, because he always had business on the square on Saturday afternoon. And to me, the most boring thing in the world was to hang around with him while he talked to everybody on the square. It seemed like he knew everybody. So he'd deposit me at the monument, and I'd climb all over that monument. So to me, <laughs> that monument is you know, part of my childhood. Uh, don't take it down. Right. I used to hang around there until he'd come back yeah, and say, let's go. Well yeah, <laughs> it is now. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, folks, folks, um, you know, a lot of us were, grew up in this area in the country. I grew up on a farm just a couple miles south of the Rutherford County border. And, and, you know, Bedford we, County, Bedford County. All right. And, and we, That's um, close enough. we, um, uh, we were raised to have kind of a thick skin about things and, you know, and to deal with stuff. And a lot of these folks today just have a very thin skin. They're very, very offended by most anything you say. And, you know, I'm an educator. I'm not giving up on them. Uh, I, I keep working. I'm called to be a teacher, and and I try my best to, to um, explain well, things in ways. I know you're a professor at Belmont University. That's What's correct. What's your field? What do you teach? I teach biology. My PhD is actually in entomology. I was going to say. And that's how I mostly get interviewed by TV and radio media. Yeah, but. I'll <laughs> confess I've used Steve a couple of times trying to figure out something about a bug. That's right. Yeah, the lifespan or something of the tick was what I, we talked right, about. Right, right. Yeah, now, you mentioned the Coleman Scouts, the group that uh, Sam was with. Uh, I'm going to ask this in a curious way. Was there anybody associated with that outfit that actually was named Coleman? Uh, no, no. The uh, the name Coleman was the alias of uh, of Captain Shaw, who who was the leader of the group. In fact, he's the one who passed that that very good intelligence to Sam just just shortly before he was captured. And you know, Sam was he was captured in an unfair way. His his father 
um, Charles Lewis Davis said this later, and of course it's something that's in this excellent book we were talking about before by James Solomon yeah, called The, the Murder of Sam Davis. To me, it's the best book we've got about it's, Sam. It's, it's a great book. It, anyway, he, his, his father is quoted as saying, you know, they, um, uh, Sam, all the reason they captured Sam is because they tricked him because uh, the Union Cavalry that captured him were dressed in Confederate uniforms, and he was off his horse when they rode up. Uh, before that, he would have been on his horse and, and, and very likely evaded them or been, in, or been shot off his horse by them. Um, so that's the only reason, and that's his dad knew that, and, and as did the other scouts, I think, that Sam was not going to uh, uh, chicken out. He was going to stick by his guns and not say anything even to his death. There's uh, some history that suggests there was a Coleman, uh, not related to the name, I don't think. But uh, when Sam left home, he took a companion with him. Uh, he had a slave companion, and not simply a slave. It was his best buddy, grew mm -hmm. up together, played together, children together. Uh, Coleman Smith Davis, yeah. they, they refer to him, right? Yeah, and uh, the pension records, Confederate pension records, actually out of state. I believe it's Alabama, isn't it? I think it was Mississippi was where Mississippi? you see the pension yeah. record, right? And uh, they even had him sit down with a lawyer, the former slave, when he uh, requested the uh, pension. And the lawyer probed him real well. And uh, reading that, uh, to me, there's no question that he was involved at least part of the time. Mm -hmm. with Sam. Now, what's, what I'm unsure of, and I can't find any clear documentation on, is whether or not he was with Sam when Sam was captured. Some writers say he was. Right. Uh, I, I think um, there are those that disagree that he was really, um, I mean, certainly he was, he was, he was the, as I say, say back then, the body servant for Sam uh, in his youth. But whether he was with him when the when the Rutherford Rifles went with the First Tennessee to Virginia, first of all, and then they came to Shiloh and other other big battles like here in Murfreesboro, uh, whether he stayed with him all that time, we don't know. Uh, we don't know. And you know the the we do all we really know is that he qualified for a pension. If that basis, really was him, yeah, on the basis of his own story. And so he's sort of a shadowy figure. We certainly yeah. don't at the Sam Davis home. We we certainly don't try to hide him at all we just from the historical side we want to know uh, the, the every all the historical truth we can get about him mm -hmm. and uh, I've been I was think in the, touch point, the point of it is uh, that was a not a unique situation if that's what occurred uh, quite a few of the young men who went into the Confederate service well yes there's a, there's a story about the Battle of Franklin where um, 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 the Confederate soldier that one of these um, African Americans was with uh, was shot dead on the field in that main charge, um, and his his um, um, his friend picked up his his uh, uh, friend's um, pistol and, and kept up the charge. Yeah. You know, and and so they, these men were were valued, and of course, even in Nathan Bedford Forrest Cavalry, we won't get too much into that today. But uh, his, some of his closest escort were yeah, African American escort, soldiers. Absolutely. And uh, he spoke very well of them, too. He did. In, in later life. To me, the uh, irony, cruel irony of the Sam Davis story, which we've only recently did I learn from James Solomon's work, was that his commander, Shaw, who he protected, 
uh, in particular, his friend, his leader, uh, was in captivity at the time and bought his uh, life by turning. Mm. And uh, James Solomon in his book explains how he stumbled on that by going through the archives of the Confederacy and found where Shaw had been treated as a prisoner of war, a combatant, a soldier. Right. And uh, then on a, I guess, a swap before the end of the war was free and applied to the uh, Confederate service for uh, reimbursement for personal material that he mm-hmm. had, had, had lost in connection with the work he was doing for them. Right. And there is actually a document in the file, a letter from him that says, well, the uh, archives went back to him and said, you've got to give us some kind of documentation. We need more than just your claim. And he said, I can't do that because I surrendered that to, and it was uh, General Dodge or his people, mm-hmm. uh, in order to secure my situation. Right. And uh, uh, Well, that's, that's a sad point. And you know, Greg, he... But uh, that doesn't, to me, detract at all from the courage and the, and the commitment that and you, Sam had. And you probably know what happened to... to uh, to Captain Shaw after the war, too. Unfortunately for one of Sam's brothers, I think it was Oscar, but I'm not sure, both of them were on a steamboat they had a uh, capital venture with, you could yeah, call that it today, they that exploded, in... and, and both were killed uh, after the Civil War. Well, that shows that at the time, the family had no idea that Shaw had been less loyal. Right. Uh, certainly was. Uh, the general, you mentioned Dodge, uh, he apparently was also something of a maverick, uh, and the one thing that he did that was actually cardinal sin, as far as the military was concerned, when he was went out of the service, he took with him all of his records. The records, of course, belonged to the military, to the army, to the Confederacy, but he took them with him, and that's where our our uh, James Solomon, the author we've spoken of several times, found those records. In, was it Nebraska, Kansas, out in the Midwest? It was Midwest, I think, I think Kansas. Yeah, I think. the family had retained the records, and eventually someone in the family thought, what are we going to do with these? And they turned them over to a historic society out in the Midwest. And that's where the story we just told about Shaw and uh, others. But uh, you wonder what was Dodge's motive? Think he was trying to write a book and sell it? It could have been. Or he was, was he a trying to he was a railroad it? capitalist too, oh, and you know those yes. could be trusted, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, one other thing I'll mention about there: there was a young Union soldier that kind of befriended Sam in his in his cell he, during the time which he was tried and before he was executed. And uh, that soldier's name is in the Murder of Sam Davis book, but. But the sad thing was, was that he was the only one in that whole Union unit there in Pulaski that had any knowledge about how to tie a noose. And the reason he did is because his father was a sheriff back in Kansas. Uh, and so he had to actually fashion the noose that was to kill his new friend. Uh, and uh, as, of course, that, there's a lot of detail about it. And again, none of these folks who witnessed this and said whether Coleman Smith Davis was there waiting by that other horse that was waiting for Sam if he would just confess. Um, but anyway, um, if the witnesses said that Sam did not die immediately uh, on the gallows. He, his neck wasn't cl- well, the witness, broken clearly. Well, the witness but, that we rely on was the uh, editor of the Pulaski newspaper. Right. And he sat there apparently in his own description with his watch 
and what was it three and a half minutes or something in that range that's that right the, uh, so he suffered quite a bit yeah and uh, uh, it's interesting too you and I were talking about it earlier the actual order was for a uh, uh, shooting what do they call that execution firing squad firing squad mm -hmm. and that's written up in the papers that Dodge took with him but when Solomon recovered those you can actually see the marking in the handwriting, which changed it to, uh, in fact, uh, the book, The Murder of Sam Davis. Can we get a, can we get a copy of that out at uh, the Sam Davis? Well, uh, you know, it's, we, we have been in touch with the author and the original publisher. I think it's no longer publishing the book, but he is working to get us additional copies out there Good. because it is, a, it is an excellent book. And well, he I was, was going to say, if someone wants to actually see a copy of the document and see the, the handwritten mark, it's over, in there. It's in there. And in we there. think that Captain Chickasaw, his name was Levi Naren, who was a, a Union cavalry one. He's, he's the one who tricked Sam with his with his uh, disguised camouflage cavalry unit. He had nearly been hung to death, by the way, in Mississippi before the war. Uh, he. Uh, we we think he's not the one who scribbled that change, crimes, but uh, general, because general. because because he was for the union. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he he's the one we think that while General Dodd was out of town to meet his his family in Nashville when Sam was executed just before yeah. that he uh, he changed that order. The name of Solomon's book is the murder of Sam Davis. You, can you recall for us why that particular title is appropriate? Well. Because Sam uh, was tried, of course, for, for um, on two different counts: a courier. Um, this was in the military tribunal in in Pulaski, but also for being a spy. And he admitted to being a courier. That's what he was. But he did not admit to being a spy. But they, um, they, uh, um, the verdict was that he was a spy to them anyway. So that's why. Um, uh, of course, he made it. He made it a point to have um, the, the buttons off his uh, off his uniform sent home, so his parents would know that he was wearing his uniform when he was captured. That's good. Uh, well, Solomon uh, in his book notes also that uh, Congress, the U.S. government, had within a few months before Sam Davis's execution passed a law, law of the United States that uh, only a second level general could approve an execution. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. And Dodge was not. He was just a brigadier. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was not under U.S. law at the time. Right. It was an illegal execution. So they did it in order to instill fear in the other Coleman right. scouts and right. anyone else who would be a courier for the right. Confederate Army. Yeah. Right, in violation of their own law. And, mm -hmm. uh, trying to research what was going on there there were so many desertions uh, in the Union Army that uh, the morale back home was being beat up real bad because you know you get a letter that says your son died in the service it turns out he was executed for what they thought was desertion or something like that it's bad but bad for morale right. so Congress said uh, we're going to cut back on these we're going to make it uh, more reviewable and less likely to occur. So that's the murder of Sam Davis. Greg, if I could, um, I don't know how our time's going here. I've got just a small little passage about Sam Davis. You asked about something special yes, about him. This is from Barry Lamb's book, The Rutherford Rifles and the Struggle for Southern Independence. One of our locals. Good. 
Yeah, I, I think I know who that is coming. <laughs> um, anyway, this is uh, something while they, after the big battle of Murfreesboro, Stones River, um, um, the Union troops called it, uh, they were in Shelbyville for a while, uh, waiting to see what would happen next. And so Sam was still with them. This was before he volunteered or was suggested for service in the Coleman Scouts. And um, there was a, um, uh, a fellow from Company H um, uh, of the 1st Tennessee who wrote about Sam Davis there. Um, he said Sam was a rosy-cheeked, handsome boy. And N.B. Shepard, that's Napoleon Bonaparte Shepard, of company G used to kiss him because he looked like a girl. <laughs> so he was he was an attractive young man. And you know, nowadays you think, what, would people actually do that? But back then they did, of course. Uh, and um, it goes on to talk about a special game called leapfrog, leapfrog they would play. And Sam, maybe because of his small size, I don't know, was, was quite good at it. And it talks about how he had jumped safely over three or four members of, of the rifles, you know, and and then, um, um, then he bravely got on uh, Dave Sublet's great back, and with his assistance, he got over in the stumbling way and fell, fell there, um, and kept Jones from falling with him. So they all had a big laugh about it. So they, you know, he was such a promising young man, um, and very popular. Very popular among the other troops, and you know, he said there on the gallows, he said, "Well, um, uh, tell the boys that I won't be with them for the rest of the battles." You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, before we run into our break, why don't you give us a little bit about what's going on out at the uh, Sam Davis Home? Sure, sure. We've got a, a big event. You know, uh, we our summer camp program has been diminished because of the pandemic and all this, but we have a program that used to last a whole week called School of the Soldier. It won a Ruthie Award not long ago, but we're having a special homeschool program for them um, this Thursday, and uh, there's going to be 100 over 100 children are going to be there for oh that my. School of the Soldier event. A lot of fun things planned for that. Uh, we also have a, a recurring thing called Family Nights at the Museum. Um, uh, the next one's called Paws and Claws, so obviously the pets get to come and, and participate. That's September the 4th from 6 to 7.30 um, p.m., and all ages are invited. Um, there's a doggy doodle workshop for 12 years old and up. September 18th at 5 o'clock in, in the evening. These events are all on the, the, the Historic Sam Davis Home webpage, by the way, um, under special events. There's a barn dance. Everybody thinks their white barn's about to fall down, but I can tell them that they're not, that it's not. I was in it yesterday. and uh, It'll hold we'll, up under all that stomping. We'll hold a barn dance there on September 19th from 6 to 10, and uh, people can come out and have a lot of fun and stay social distance if they want to. Uh, out there. There's a Bark Bash on September 26th, another event for uh, owners of dogs to bring them in. Family Nights at the Museum, a bat walk. Uh, there are bats that fly around the property very regularly, and they go out and listen for them and see them. That's October the 2nd. Then, the, of course, the famous two weekends of ghost tours that we offer each year with wonderful stories about Sam and his life and other, other um, historic stories from those times, including a few ghost stories. Um, that's October the 16th and 17th and 23rd and 24th. And um, uh, I hope people will trust me, but I drive one of the tractors in the hayride. So uh, 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 we have a new tractor on our site that well, it's this, not uh, new, but it's new to us. <laughs> these, uh, these activities sound like fun, sound educational. 
but you have to note that we're also trying to raise money to help preserve the site and that's right and so you know our, our site financially help. is actually in pretty good shape given the pandemic and the fact that we had to cancel our our main uh, fundraiser wine on the veranda this year because of the pandemic um, uh, our our staff especially our executive director has been just very very busy at, at obtaining federal grants and other things uh, to support the site during these times and uh, our sunflower event that goes through this Wednesday We've been in it a week now with just wonderful sunflower photographs out there. Um, people can come in um, uh, during business hours now, um, beginning today at 2 o'clock, but then uh, the, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 o'clock till dark. And uh, $20 per car to go in, pay for photographs, uh, get to walk the grounds, uh, come in or gift shop, things like that. And um, there's usually snow cone uh, vendor down there um, that has been at least on the weekends. So we've had a big time with that. And uh, I think we had 300 cars that came through the other day. You think the Davis family planted sunflowers? The Davis family? I doubt they ever did. Uh, the, this is Beatty Farms that people are very familiar with that also yeah. have held sunflower events and were very good to work with us. Now, part of the proceeds from these sunflower events has gone also to the Second Harvest Food Bank and their backpack program, and we're very proud of that, too. Good, good. So All right. we have a lot of other things going on, um, workshops and such, good. and um, Toddler Tuesdays every, every Tuesday of each month. I participate with some of that. Uh, there's more stuff than I can read. <laughs> All right. I know there's a good relationship between the Sons of Confederate Veterans and the, and the Davis... Place. What, we, what's uh, going on there? We're very supportive of the site. Uh, um, uh, certainly Camp sons. 33 from here in Murfreesboro. But um, I'm very proud of the work these men have done. They have a lot of good trade talents, and, and uh, they're much better carpenters than I am. I'll say that because two different ones have built crawl space doors under two of our, our structures. We had a lot of damage from raccoons underneath one of them. I've seen it with my own eyes. And I, I don't want to tell you what I saw, but anyway. Not Yankee raccoons. It had they? to be Yankee raccoons. That's right. <laughs> and so we're going to have to pay to have new ductwork underneath one, but we've got a door that they cannot get in anymore that was constructed uh, by. But the, the members of the SCB are going to contribute their skills, their, their time to do some of this maintenance right. repair. Uh, just this Saturday, uh, one of them uh, promised to come back and remove some trees that I haven't had time to remove myself. One one volunteer with one chainsaw is not enough at the Sam Davis home property with all the wind damage we have and yeah. all the trees we have. Well, the man with the saw always needs someone to pick it up. That's right. So, <laughs> man I have some I have some ripped places on my blue jeans I wear when I go chainsaw. I tell I tell people I'm actually pretty good with the chainsaw. I just needed air conditioning. <laughs> Can be dangerous. All right. Do we need to take a take a break? All right. Uh, we're all very fond of, of the memorial and the uh, efforts that go in out there. But there is uh, one minor controversy, difference of opinion that you wanted to speak to. And let me say, Mike Waller is with us and is listening closely. Uh, Mike has a difference of opinion, I'm guessing, uh, about that particular issue. So. Right. Go ahead, Steve. You want me to go in? I've actually got kind of a statement about that. You want to do that now or after the break? Well, apparently they don't want us to take a break. We're doing so well. I see. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're really, I, don't, I, I gave Mike my, my 
All right. Well, I see. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, we're talking about a prepared statement. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to read through this if there's time to do it, and and I just wanted to kind of organize my thoughts about it. But, but um, as you know, there's a there's an an old kind of beat up dam in the creek uh, beside the Sam Davis home, and and I've been on the directors for going on eight years now, and Greg here has been a uh, a director for a uh, partial term. As I recall, you, you left because of family concerns at the time or something like that. But um, both he and, and Mike Waller and others have been supportive of the site. And we do appreciate their, their um, um, the heart they have for a site that they want to support the site and, and perhaps uh, get it as much funding as, as is possible. But I'll go ahead and, and read this and, and, and uh, Mike and others can respond. Um, the recent actions of Mike Waller, Greg Tuckers, and others to prevent the removal of the low head dam in Stewart Creek is, have come at, at the 11th hour of a five-year process that began when the Sam Davis Memorial Association partnered with the Cumberland River Compact, um, an, an award-winning award -winning nonprofit organization. Of course, both of us, the CRC that I'll call them, and then the SDMA are nonprofit organizations. Um, it was a public comment signed from the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation, which was placed in February at the entrance of the historic home. Uh, this is what got uh, Mike and later Greg involved. Um, Mike and Greg say they object to the proposed demolition of the dam on historic and fiscal grounds. Though I believe that Mike and Greg both believe they have the best interest of the historic Sam Davis home at heart, I have been disappointed in some of the methods that they have used. In effect, um, they've tried to discredit the 14 directors and the nine trustees of the Sam Davis Memorial Association, the staff of the, of the historic home, and the staff of the Cumberland River Compact. Um, um, I just want to go on record as saying there's nobody wearing black hats here. This is a win-win situation, and I'll, I'll explain, explain more about it. Um, and so um, um, they have done this by making inaccurate statements. Uh, number one, at Rutherford County School Board meeting, by publishing the same in the newsletter of the Rutherford County Historical Society, and by making similar accusations on this radio program. These uh, inappropriate actions come at a time when any historic site that has ties to the Confederate States of America have been placed under undeserved scrutiny. One example is the article about Sam Davis that I referred to, and I'll, I've already talked about that, so I'll move on. But anyway, setting the record straight is why I'm here today. Um, I was raised on a farm, as I said, about two miles south of the county line in Bedford County, and I was taught that if I had a criticism for a group of people or an individual, I should address that person or group face-to-face. -face. Now, Mike Waller here has eventually did eventually agree to come and meet with the uh, some of the directors and the trustees of the um, uh, Sam Davis Memorial Association about the dam. Um, but Greg has been kind of inconspicuous, unfortunately, <laughs> about this, except through email. We have talked by email quite a bit. Now, I um, think I suggested the face-to-face -face meeting with Mike. He suggested the meeting, and I'm glad that at, at least Mike was able to get there. Um, and um, I think it was a good meeting. We also had the executive director of the coming the River Compact there at that time. Anyway, um, um, I was also taught to offer an apology when I realized I was wrong about something. 
And I am prepared to eventually accept one from Mike and Greg on behalf of the San Davis Memorial Association and the CRC. On more than one occasion, I've asked Mike and Greg if they have been down in the creek to see how badly damaged the dam was. Um, it has become damaged over the years since it was constructed in 1939. I've offered to put on boots and show them how badly damaged it is. Um, and um, um, in 2015, and again this year, the directors and trustees did uh, vote to allow the CRC to remove the dam. We saw the dam in its current condition as a danger and an, and an attractive nuisance, as a lawyer might call it. Um, and we saw that, it, we, that we could have it removed at no cost to us. As an example, during the last week of July, Jenny Lamb, our executive director, um, um, witnessed an event that could have had tragic consequences at the dam. She saw a family of three in kayaks approach the dam from upstream and when the father attempted to paddle around the breach, by the way, it was a flood stage, um, uh, his kayak flipped, flipped him out. He was able to get out okay without getting hurt. His wife's kayak got stuck when she tried to go around it. And finally, very wisely, they had their, their daughter, you know, get her kayak over and then they ported it, ported it around the dam. So uh, although nobody was hurt then, um, um, you know, um, uh, this, you know, I think Mike and Greg said there haven't been any any near misses or accidents like this around the dam. Well, here's one that has just occurred uh, last month at this dam, and it, it is a dangerous place. If you get out there and walk on it or walk around it, I have cut down um, nylon ropes at least once that people have tied on the other end. There's a greenway trial, a trail over there uh, that people swing like Tarzan out there to try to get on top of the dam and walk across really illegally to our property. So it is a it is a problem, and I, I, again, I don't. I think Mike has agreed he's not an environmentalist, uh, and I'm I'm sort of one, but I don't think he's concerned about the environment there. But I, what we are also concerned about is the risk, and I don't think that that Mike or or Greg here wanted on their conscience if somebody were to get severely injured there, um, uh, or maybe even killed while they are delaying this process through hearings that are being held with the Tennessee Department of Environment, Environment Conservation or also speaking to the Rutherford County School Board to postpone their decision about the dam because they own, school board owns land on the other side of, of yeah. the creek. I'm glad you pointed that out. I don't think we had made that clear at the start. Right. But, uh... And so um, I thought that um, after our research about when the dam was constructed would um, would satisfy Greg's uh, opinion that it was a historic structure. I will call it a nostalgic structure because a lot of people remember seeing it there over the years. It was built for uh, Sam Davis's niece. Her name was Andromedia Sinot. She's an important uh, figure on the on the property uh, because she was a custodian after the state of Tennessee acquired the property in 1927. Again, the dam was placed there in 1939 because she wanted a reflection pool. So it was never built to hold water for a, a grist mill or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's not considered a historic structure because of that. The other major uh, issue they have with the dam um, has to do with something called compensatory mitigation credits. So let me read a little bit about that. Uh, both the SDMA and the CRC have shared a great deal of information during this five-year process. They've been very transparent. <clears throat> and we've shared a lot of that with Greg and Mike. 
um, <clears throat> to address their fiscal ob objection, they have been confusing the compensatory mitigation, mitigation credits that are used in just standard mitigation banking practices as actual U.S. currency and have argued that somehow the SDMA and the Rutherford County School Board should be paid some one and a half million dollars up front for having the dam removed. It's easy to see how that these in inaccurate statements certainly got the attention of the Rutherford County School Board. I don't know any school boards that aren't trying to find money somewhere. And so that's why it got their attention, I'm sure. Um, the CRC, however, has won awards for dam removals, most recently the 2019 Governor's Environmental Stewardship Award for their work in removing six of the low-head dams in Nashville's Mill Creek. Um, they cross all the T's and they dot all the I's. Again, from my country upbringing, um, they have earned my trust. And that's, that's something when you, you say you trust someone coming from the background I've come from. Um, Yes, they have sold mitigation credits to contractors like the Tennessee Department of, of Transportation, but there's no way to determine how much funding will be left over after the entire mitigation process is complete and those quote-unquote credits become dollars that will eventually be evenly divided for environmental education projects on both sides of Stewart Creek. Uh, the CRC has already spent $175,000 following their mitigation banking rules, lots of civil engineering surveys and archeological surveys out there along the creek. They actually already have the permit to remove the dam. They've had it since March, but because they cross all the T's and dot all the I's, they are, um, they're waiting until this second hearing, September 22nd, I believe it is, Mike, with, um, the, um, with the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation before they proceed with anything further. So I hope that what I've said has helped listeners better understand what's been going, going on regarding the dam in Stewart Creek at the Sam Davis home. I hope that as the great host, Paul Harvey would say that I provided the rest of the story. All right, Mike Waller, let's give Mike a chance to comment. Mike is the one who I guess brought to my attention and a lot of others concerns about uh, the plan here. Uh, and Mike, I know there's a couple of aspects. One is the dam and it's its value as such, but I think what uh, many of us are concerned about is the loss of an opportunity to get some funding into the two entities, the school board and the Sam Davis Association. So are we all right with respect to taking a break? Uh, are you ready to respond, Mike? It won't take me long. Okay. All right, explain <laughs> where you are. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here, and I learned a lot. Uh, at the early part of the session uh, about Sam Davis about Sam Davis uh, I do take objection to your comments about misrepresenting things uh, I learned a long time ago as long as you tell the truth you don't have to remember what you told anybody so you don't have to make notes and remind yourself of what you want people to hear so I'll uh, I'll be happy to share with you again Steve uh, what prompted my concerns uh, I live in the neighborhood close by the Sam Davis home and drive by there normally at least once or twice a day. So back in February, I see this green sign and uh, stopped one day and read it and it told about uh, compensatory mitigation credits and had some dates on it. So I had some time and I, I started, I called the Department of Conservation and Environment and 
after about four or five phone calls, finally talked to a young man who knew what I was talking about and uh, learned that what it was, was they wanted to destroy this dam. Uh, so one of the first conversations I had was with Jenny Williams, who would served on the board there. She didn't immediately recall any any discussion or anything about removing a dam. I also talked to Wayne Blair, who uh, had been the chairman of the school board, and uh, ultimately called back to the young man with the Department of Conservation and, and Environment after both of these people told me that they didn't know anything about the dam being torn out. They were the ones that owned the dam. They owned the property on either side of the of the dam. And uh, after I started asking those type questions, the, the responses uh, got less open. Uh, uh, you mentioned being transparent. They were, were anything but transparent uh, in, in talking about it. Well, uh, during this, this month-long period for comments, I don't think there were but six persons that uh, made comments uh, and if memory serves me correct, all six of them, well, five of them were animately opposed to removing the dam, and one was somewhat neutral. Uh, so then uh, when they filed the results, uh, TDEC approved for the dam to be removed, which I really thought was, was strange. I, I thought landowners, you know, you acquired property either by a normal sale, uh, deed, or condemnation, and, and none of that had occurred in, in this situation. So, uh, so I appealed the decision, uh, and of course, and then it got tied up with all of the lawyers and all of those those people. Uh, then, subsequently, we started hearing about these mitigation credits, uh, and that's where the the answers just became non-existent. Uh, this this lady, Ms. Houghton, who's over the uh, Cumberland River Compact, uh, has shared two different stories with me concerning them uh, on two different occasions. Uh, one saying they had received all of the money, and another saying no, they had not received it. So I, I don't I don't know what the, the truth is, but the fact of the matter is. Uh, we're going to go before uh, the administrative law judge with the Secretary of State's office uh, next month, and and I feel confident we're going to get accurate answers to our questions in, which is going to allow the the school board to make a educated, wise decision on what they do about about the dam, uh, and hopefully the Sam Davis home uh, people will see the real facts of the matter and you know if they choose to reconsider i don't know what they'll do it's not for me to say all i want to do is uh, learn out learn what the real truth is about it uh, so the decision makers can make a wise decision well explain a little bit about mitigation credits i mean some will say this is an environmental enhancement improvement ultimately it is not because what uh, EPA and the federal government set up years ago was that the polluter or the one who's going to damage an environmental situation can buy credits from someone who has preserved or improved. 
So what's going to happen here is that the removal of the dam will be classed as an enhancement to stream flow and certain credits will be awarded to, unfortunately, the Cumberland River Compact, right. not to Sam Davis home. And those credits can then be sold to, and we know there are four developers, subdivision development, and uh, two Tennessee transportation projects that will get these credits, which will enable them to uh, disparage, use the negative word, disparage the environment and the stream flow with the idea that we come up with a neutral so we can't really call it an environmental improvement project because on one end you improve and the other end uh, you do your damage. Second, uh, we also learned that uh, the state has valued these particular credits. And uh, you got a number for how many credits I think were being created. It's like 3,500 and some few credits with yeah. this project. And then uh, they gave you the dollar value that the state authorities have set on it and you did a little mathematics yes sir it came to a little over one and a half million dollars all right that is money that will transfer from the developers and the state department of transportation to the cumberland river compact and then that supposedly reimburses the cumberland river compact for the work they do all right i have not yet understood why we needed a third party in between because in most cases the landowners or the developers uh, are the ones that are doing doing the work. I also know that uh, my own experience it's not going to take a million and a half dollars to remove that little dam. In fact, it's probably three or four days work and then a clean up site. Uh, one other issue that uh, we're vague about is uh, the contract that Steve's gave me a copy of early on. I hope it hadn't been I hope it was revised. But it says that for seven years after completion of the project, there will be a limited use restriction on something like six and a half acres of the Sam Davis property. All right. That may not to some people seem like a big burden, but clearly it means that the Sam Davis Association no longer has exclusive and total control over all the property uh, within the site. Uh, I'm sure we're going to discuss further and further occasions, but right now, I'm getting a signal from our broadcasters <laughs> that we're through for the we morning. The hook. Steve, thanks for coming. Sure. Give Thank you. I'd be glad Mike. to answer Appreciate some of those it. things that uh, Marty, Mike for said. I've got quietly. some good answers for him, <laughs> but if there were time. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we might come back. Thank you. See you next week on Monday. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Taylor with Bell Jewelers, and we invite you to come shop with us from 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday. We're back in business, including our repair department, where we do in-house repairs, including ring sizing, watch repairs, and custom jewelry. It's nice to be back to work with both my mother and uncle, who are both GIA certified. Bell Jewelers is located 821 Northwest Broad, across the street from Toots. This portion of the show brought to you by Mabco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&Ms for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mabco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. 
And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer, host of the Truman Show live broadcast. You have such great people working here. Would you want to do anything else? No, sir. I love coming to work every day. I love this. Open Monday through Saturday at 6.30 for breakfast and lunch, Thursdays and Fridays for dinner. We listen to the gossip that's going on at every other table. We're able to keep up with all the things that go on in Murfreesboro. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That's why it's important to work with somebody who cares. Are you looking to make a purchase this year? Maybe your home has just gotten too small. Or maybe the upkeep and all of the upgrades that are necessary are just beyond your scope. Maybe you'd rather just leave it behind and move into something newer. I've got solutions for you. I want to be the first person you call to get help, suggestions, ideas, and the advice that you need to make the correct real estate decision. Mary Catherine Hughes, sold by MK, powered by EXP Realty. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high into the upper 80s. Winds out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 66. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. Eventually, when he got up to the commission. Back I appreciated your comments on that, too. You know, I, I helped co-write the Tennessee SCB commission on that. Are we back for a few minutes? Uh, Mike Waller has walked away. He'll be right back. He'll be right back? Yeah. All right. Did you want to add a little comment? We'll give you a little special sure. opportunity. Sure, Greg. Uh, just to kind of be in response to some of the things that Mike said, I... We Let, wait let's get him. Mike back get here. He's back walking here, back. Sure. Mike, we got a few more minutes, so uh, we'll give give Steve two or three minutes, and then you can comment. Yeah, go go ahead. Okay. So uh, he there's, needs an emer- there's an emergency that's come up, and he's going to be be right back. Well, that's a little awkward because he won't hear what you say. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Okay, sure. Well, of course, again, I appreciate both Mike and Greg that they've got a heart for the Sam Davis home and also for the Rutherford County Schools uh, in this process. Um, uh, they have, you know, tried to cast the Cumberland River Compact in a bad light and, of course, by association, the Sam Davis home and everything, all the good things we're trying to do have gotten in that yeah. hall, too. But... Um, the, 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 uh, the information coming has been way too slow, hasn't it? Well, not from the Cumberland River Compact. They have informed me, and uh, I've passed that on to the other directors and trustees uh-huh. as things have happened from them. So they, 
they have not left us out of the loop uh, one time. That's why I indicated that I trust them implicitly yeah. in this process. And again, not just because they've won awards, but it's significant that they have won awards for what they do. The Sam Davis Memorial Association and Rutherford County Schools don't quote unquote have a license or a certification to handle mitigation banking. You know, th this is what they do among their other missions of that nonprofit organization. We couldn't have gone in there from the get-go and say, um, here's a contractor over here, we'd like to sell you these credits mm -hmm. so, that, so that we can, can, can take this dam out. And, and I agree with what Mike and Greg are saying about the process of mitigation banking. It has never set well with me. Uh, as an ecologist, environmentalist, biologist, mm -hmm. because uh, what, what in effect you're doing is you're, you're restoring, in this case, Stewart Creek to the natural flow, uh, but in turn for that, tit for tat, you're allowing contractors, construction crews, to channelize the stream somewhere else or to, or to right, at best, damage a wetland yeah, or something at, like at that. At best, it's a wash, a it, neutral. It's a neutral thing, at and it best. is federally mandated through yeah. the EPA, and and I, again, for us, it's a situation where it removes the threat. It helps us with environmental education and the stream with our summer camps and other things too. But main thing is it protects people who are foolish enough to get out there and play on that dam. Well, let me let me comment on that. Uh, I'm an I'm an attorney, obviously. When you're going to claim something is a uh, a hazard, you come forward with incident reports uh, written up. Uh, an excellent source is to go to the insurance carrier and ask the insurance carrier if it's a matter they've looked at, and uh, particularly if they're saying we're going to raise the premium or lower the premium unless something is done. None of that has been offered. So, you know, from a well, legal we've point of view. we talked to our insurance carrier about it. We have for years. Well, we have uh, talked to Wayne Blair, who is the broker who carries the insurance, works right. the insurance. And, and he we says, have a different insurance agency now than we did Yeah, but he said uh, none of, at no time has there been any red flag from the insurance carrier. So the legal matter, I, I, you know, I think we're trying to come lately on this being a hazard. If we came forward with a half dozen incident reports over the last two, three years, maybe so. But there's not a single. We looked 80 right. years, there's never been an in incident report. I think what really concerns me, and I've expressed this to you before, Steve, is you say it's been discussed for five years. At no time in the five years do we find any evidence that the Sam Davis Association said to the compact, we want some upfront. Uh, say that again. We, we want some upfront payment. Right. But We're going to give you a dam and let you tear it down, uh -huh. and you get mitigation credits, and you sell those credits to whoever you want to. For that, we should receive a percentage. You know, 10% of a million and a half dollars is $150,000. Think how much maintenance repair they could do. Right. Should have been part of the negotiations. Right. I hadn't seen anything to that extent. What I would say is you want to back off the people who are concerned about it. Let's get a little upfront help for the Sam Davis Association. Uh, put a bluntly cash up front right. before any of this uh, demolition begins, and some equal uh, payment to the uh, school board. So, well, I, uh, I appreciate that, and that does sound on the surface like a good thing to do, but I'll say that it's fundamentally against anything in mitigating mitigation banking practice out there and well, it's something that's just probably not going to happen because it, it sounds good greg that, that uh, it may be we have passed the opportunity when the first negotiation well, started 
you know, uh, we we wanted it removed because it's it's dangerous. And again, I I put yeah. that question to both you and Mike. Do you want somebody getting killed going around that dam on a kayak? Uh, because well, I'm, I'm you're a holding out for money yeah, for I'm a kayaker, <laughs> and the first thing you learn is how to roll out of a kayak. And well, yeah, and nobody uh, nobody got hurt. But that's not part everybody of the knows how to ride, use a kayak well. Yeah, that's, that's and, experience. All right, we're just arguing. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, we're doubling up, making it hard. Let's give Mike. Mike, did you want to add a comment before we run out of time? I don't know of anything to add. Uh, I'm looking forward to, I think it's the 22nd of September, where we hopefully can get some All right, that's an appeal. Answers. That's a scheduled appeal of your right. objections to uh, I, I what's would add proposed. that the first appeal that Mike filed, uh, I forget the date of that, but that was, uh, that was to TDAC, right? And that yes. was that was denied because it wasn't on scientific grounds, as I understand, right? No, it wasn't appealed. It was turned over to an administrative judge with the mm -hmm. Secretary of State to hear the appeal. Right. Yeah, the appeal is what we're still anticipating. I see. Yeah, it okay. was procedurally shifted to another. And, and again, agency. you know, the the Cumberland River Compact has the has the permit. They could legally. Um, go ahead and remove the dam once they have. Uh, I think there's an order that's been entered in response to Mike's right. request. Sure, it, but uh, they, they, they wait. They're waiting. Like I say, they they're a good faith organization, and I can't convince you guys of that today, but they really are. And and they um, they've crossed all the T's, they've dotted all the I's, and um, they're going to wait until after September 22nd before they do anything else. Um, uh, they want to continue that reputation they have as a good environmental organization doing things by best practices. And again, it's just a, a lot of this has to do with misunderstanding of a process. It's a difficult process to understand. Uh, compensatory mitigation credits not really being dollars. Um, and I think in the long run, you know, this dam is out of there and there's money that's very possible at the end of the project after seven years, it will It'll benefit both Brotherford County Schools and the Sam Davis home. Well, I suspect that the four developers, commercial developers, wrote checks. So there is some real money there. It'd well, have to I'm, be or the compact wouldn't be claiming that they've already Have you talked to them about that? That's part of the process. Do you know that they've written checks? Okay. But I know the compact is spending money. Because you told me they did. Well, they're spending money, but money that will come out of that process they, long before oh. those credits were sold. So they're waiting for the checks to be written. Find out. <laughs> we will. Anything else, Mike? No, sir. I can't think of anything. All right. For thanks Steve. for being here. Steve, thanks for being here. Thanks for letting hey, Marty me Marty Leffman, thanks for sitting quietly with your pistol. <laughs> Pettis Reed was over there with his pistol, too. Now, Pettis carries arms as well. I doubt okay. it, but I it's he, been he a great learning experience for me. He doesn't need a pistol. You know, wouldn't it be nice if, if uh, uh, all government uh, uh, things that are working basically for the people when you get right down to it? Because there's nothing more valuable uh, as far as the history is concerned of Rutherford County sitting right there at the Sam Davis home. So uh, if, all, if all government was as open as what we have right here. Maybe we ought to have, before they do anything in the city and the county, maybe they'll come over here, get on the radio show, explain everything, sure. and wouldn't that be great? Yeah, we'll expect Joe Biden next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trudy. Kamala Harris.
All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at night. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com.